So good to see you in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John chapter 6. Just prior to this portion of God's Word, Jesus and the disciples were mixing and mingling and going from place to place. And they had gotten to a point where the crowd was following and Jesus looked and saw the massive crowd. And he says to Philip, he said, hey, you got any idea how we're going to feed this crowd? And he said, well, I'm not sure. You know, it would take a lot of money to feed this crowd. And uh, he said, well, there is a, there's a little old boy here who's got a little lunch in a bag. I can relate to that lunch in a bag, can you? I've carried a many of lunch in a bag. He said, he's got a lunch in a bag here. But there's not but five little loaves, two fish. I don't know what that's going to do for this crowd. <laughs> Jesus said, well, just tell them to sit down. I know you like to sit down. And so that's why I don't want you to stand up till I get through talking what I'm talking, because I got you signed, Charlie. See, I've been around baseball enough. I know a few signs. Yeah, I will. Have the men sit down. And they sat down. And Jesus did what all of us need to do. Lifted his eyes toward heaven, gave thanks to the Father. This is a brand new year. Brand new year. Would you have thought you would have been put in 2015? Hey, I got to think. <laughs> I got to think. Unless I put the wrong year on there. And some folk look for that. I have a, a, an uncle, I only have one left. But his thing is he walks through parking lots, he looks at tags. See if they run out or not. <laughs> ain't a thing he can do about it. I mean, he ain't nothing he can do about it. You used to be walking, that tag's run out, look. Okay, I got a magic marker, I'll fix it, just hold on, you know. <laughs> so Jesus said, have him sit down. Just, just have him sit down. <clears throat> Pray to the Father. Father, you see what we got? You see how little we got. But you see the massive crowd. Now, Father, you take this and you bless it. The Bible says that everybody had all they wanted to eat. When it's all said and done, 12 baskets full. Somebody said that was one for each disciple. I don't think so, not all the way. I think that the little boy got a basket full and took home to Mama. So you're not going to believe what I saw today. These people couldn't believe it either. So they're following Jesus. He gets in a boat. Many of you have boats. We have boats. Launched out. First thing you know, the disciple boys had launched out there and Jesus wasn't with them and the crowd's looking for him. And it's nighttime and Jesus just comes walking up on the water. Hey, they were frightened. He said, don't be afraid, man. It's me. Remember? I changed the bread, fish. You got to eat. It's me. He joined them in the boat, began to talk. First thing you know, they, they're at the shore. That's where we want to pick up this morning. John 6, look at verse 27. The people had gathered there and they asked Jesus, where have you been? How did you get here? And he says, well, uh, you don't have to worry about how I got here, but I know why you're here. You're here because I fed the crowd back there. You're here. But he said, I want to tell you what you really need to be here for. If you want to stand, I would appreciate it. John 6, 27. It says, labor not 
get this now, labor not for the meat which perisheth. Hey, we already on payroll. January the 4th. Now some of us, some of you, maybe not have gone back to work yet. I don't want to break the news to the kids, but they know what January the 5th is. You know, it's time to get up and get back at the grind. And he simply says, I don't want you laboring for, for that which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. He's talking about the word of God, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Now listen. Then said they unto him, what shall we do? Hey, we've watched you. You fed the crowd. Now we're here. What do you want us to do? That we might work the works of God. They wanted to be able to change a little bread to a bunch of bread. A few fish to a lot of fish. And this is what he said. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God. And here's what he said. That ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Believe on God who God has sent Jesus. Believe on Jesus. Believe on God. He sent me. You've seen me. You've heard me. Now this is the work of God. Father, touch our hearts. Touch our lips. Speak through us, God, as only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord's ministry was one of grace and truth. You can't have one without the other. The grace of God that loves us. The truth of Jesus Christ that has come down. We've already celebrated his birth. And now we're here to worship and to praise him for who he is as we look for the return of Jesus. We think about this, effectively working for the Lord. We got a brand new year ahead of us, brand new church year. And I think about this, getting ready for the rest of your life. Lynn and I got ready for Africa. Yes, we got there and yes, we had forgotten some things. But thank God for those of you who so graciously contributed and got things together. I tell you what's the truth, grits. It'd be a good place to have a grits factory in Tanzania. Grits, I forget how many packs we got, but Lynn said, I've counted them up and divided them up and rationed them out so we can have enough to go all the way through. Because I had been, I finally found Kellogg cornflakes. I bought one box. Toward the end of it running out, I went back to the grocery store. No cornflakes. I went a few days later. No cornflakes. I says to Mark, I said, Sonny, is there not cornflakes in here? Anywhere in this town? He said, well, I got one more grocery store we can go to, but rather come to this one because the prices are fixed. You don't have to wonder what you're going to pay, but we'll go to another one. Walked in, there they sit, Kellogg cornflakes. I bought two boxes. And the next time the other store had them, I bought two boxes. Well, when it was all said and done, I had just a little bit left in the bag. But grits. Wow. Now, this, this, this is a, I'm going to say it's a humorous, funny story. I told Steve, I said, son, I want you to go somewhere. 
and find a chainsaw, a good chainsaw, and get it over here as quick as you can with, with a, a carton of extra carton of oil, an extra chain. I said, I want to teach the boys how to run the chainsaw before we leave. <clears throat> it hadn't arrived there and it hadn't come back yet. But I understand that they surrounded that chainsaw with bags of grits. <laughs> Maybe it got confiscated somewhere. I don't know. And somebody's wondering what's in this bag. And they probably think it's drugs. You know, they're tired. Oh, we, we have really got something here. We take so much stuff for granted. But getting ready for the rest of our life. Then we got ready to return. And you all were getting ready for our return. Well, here it is, 2015, and what are we getting ready for? We need to be getting ready for ministry. It's not about Mark, Matt, Kenny, nobody in this place. It's about ministry. What is ministry? Let me run you through a list right quick of what ministry really is. Ministry is serving no, you don't always get paid to serve. We're, we automatically, this is, as Christians, we ought to automatically be serving the Lord. It's showing spirituality. It's not only talking like a Christian, but acting like a Christian. You can't talk one way and act the other way. What if this morning, listen, what if this morning we had, we had big tags with pieces of rope and, and everybody's going to come and get one. Everybody. It's going to say lost and saved. Everybody's going to get one. Now you've got to come up here and pick up whether you're lost or saved or not. How many, listen, how many lost people would come and take that tag and hang it around their neck? Then I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know if there'd be any. I believe the only ones would be is those who have been led of God. You've got to do this. People need to know that you're not a Christian. You've been talking like it. You've been trying to act like it, but you're not like it. Serving the Lord is, is spirituality. It's leading, leading whoever needs to be led. It's blessing those who need to be blessed. It's seeing that those who are lost get redeemed before it's everlasting too late. I don't have a clue what 2015 is going to bring. You know, some of you were concerned about Mark and Mac leading here. One of the concerns was, what if we have a death? You know what happened. There were no deaths. You worried. You fretted over something that God <clears throat> was in control of. Redeeming. Reconciling. Listen, this time that we got our act together and quit bickering and saying, I don't like so-and-so. Hey, I'm going to tell you right to your eyeballs. If I know any, every one of you that don't like me, I'm going to come and hug your neck. You may not want to get a hug, but I'll hug something. If I can't reach your neck, I'll hug your waist. If you're carrying on, I'll hug your ankles. Listen, I don't want anybody that I can't go to and say I love you and I appreciate you and to hug you. I mean, it's, it's time we reconcile to one another and be reconciled to God. 
Love one another. That's what this thing's about. Ministry. You can't minister somebody if they know you've been talking about them. Best thing to do is go, look, this is what I said, and I said it about you, and I'm, pl- I'm begging your forgiveness. I shouldn't have done it, but I done it. Reconcile. Hey, ministry is remembering. Remembering what God has done and making plans for what he's going to do. Don't get in his way as far as hindering, but get in his way that you can move forward for the glory of God. Revealing. Hey, we just need to reveal ourselves who we really are and invest in somebody. Have you invested in somebody lately? Invest in somebody. Take them out to eat. Make a friend. Build a relationship. And bring them to God's house. If you don't do it that way, then when you get them to God's house, take them out to lunch. It's okay. Take them out. Do something. Invest in them. Ministry is hoping. As we hope that 2015 is going to bring something big or bigger. And it can happen, but we're going to have to do our part. Ministry is showing grace. Ministry is loving. Let me tell you something. Uh, and, and you've heard it said if you've listened to Dr. Stanley much at all. He says no contact, no impact. You don't contact somebody. Don't expect to impact that person with Jesus. Right here, seated in this room this morning. Listen, some of you did not come to Sunday school. Various reasons, and it's okay. If you don't like Sunday school, okay. We're not going to bombard you and beg you and plead with you. But I've spoken to Brother Darrell about this. Now, this, I am serious about this. I don't know what God can do. I don't know if he'll do anything. But while in Africa, now listen, now Linda, she's a witness to this. I vow and declare to you that God impressed upon me to be on the lookout for men. I don't care what age they are, but men who are not in Sunday school and to start a class for you. You say, I ain't coming. You don't have to. Say, I don't want to come. You don't have to. But you're going to be on the short end if it comes to pass. I don't know that it'll come to pass. I'm just telling you what God's impressed upon me, okay? Say, where in the world are you going to meet? Don't know. Don't fret. We'll meet in the pulpit if we have to. But if we don't make some contact, we're not going to impact anybody. So I think about this. This coming year, I want to be effective in what I do for God and for this church. So first of all, I want to make sure, <clears throat> even if I'm down sick and hurting, and some of you prayed for this old knee last week, I don't know who it was. Some of you told me I had a, I forget what it was, but it was tore up in there. Broke, I don't know what it was. But it's better. I want to be enthusiastic. Okay? As we think about effectively working for God, work with enthusiasm. If you can't work with enthusiasm, the best thing you can do is give it up. Quit. Because evidently your heart's not in it. You just, well, I'm just one more Sunday. If I can just get through one more Sunday, they're going to elect a new teacher. And I am so glad. I'm sick of this whole class. In fact, I'm going to move to another class. Or I'm going to start a class. Well, do something enthusiastic. 
drastically or else go sit on a tack. Or get stung by a yellow jacket. That's enthusiasm. You're talking about moving, you move. If this is this, especially if he sits down, there'll be some enthusiasm. And if he, what's wrong with you? I just got stoned. <laughs> enthusiasm is important. Listen, those who lack interest in this church family aren't going to be enthusiastic and aren't going to do any more than is required. Whose job is it to turn the lights on? Whose job is it to turn the heat on, the air conditioning? Whose job is it to arrange the seating? Whose job is it to clean up and pick up? If you see a nasty Kleenex on the floor, are you going to pick it up? If you're enthusiastic, you will get that thing up before somebody sees it and says, oh, that church is filthy. Just do something different. Nobody has to like it, but if God's in it, that's all you need. It don't make no difference whether you like it or not, or whether your neighbor likes it or not. Just do it. We've got to work within the, with divine inspiration. In, in Romans 12, 11, it says, not slothful in business. The word slothful means sorriness and laziness. But be earnest in the Spirit, serving the Lord. That's all I want to do. It doesn't make no difference where or when, just serving the Lord. You know, on our way out to Kadeti, that's the Bush Church. You'll hear a lot about that church. There was only a handful of people. But on this particular Sunday, over in the corner, on the floor, 30 kids, I counted them. Hey, I'm talking from little tots up to about 11 or 12 years old. I watched them. I watched them before I preached. I watched them doing my preaching, and they sit there. Not one adult from this side of the building had to go over and quieten somebody down. So orderly. No, they didn't have children's church. Praise God for our children's church. Hey, it's, it's making an impact because they have some contact going on. But I'm saying we, we need to get enthusiastic about what God is doing here already and be excited about what he's going to do. I don't want to miss this Sunday because God's going to do something. We need enthusiasm. It don't look like you've been eating persimmons. Hey, you ever eat one? You can push for good. I was a low-down brother. I gave my sister a green one one time, told her it was an apple. The one that she still claims me. But listen, getting ready for the rest of our life, we need to be enthusiastic about it. Secondly, we need to be sincere. People know if we're sincere or not. They know if we are. I'll tell you something. You all will never know what it meant to Lynn and I when we turned in and y'all lined the parking lot. You'll never know. Great, massive crowd to welcome us home. Thank you. But don't forget we have service on Sunday night. Hello? Really? Don't disappoint me. Come, don't disappoint me. God knows what you're going to do already tonight. I'll be honest with you, this morning, 
Lynn was up at five. I got up about 6.15 and had got everything going and ready and had plenty of extra time. Made my phone calls that I make on Sunday morning. And then I sat down in my recliner, Jeff, and I says to myself, boy, it would be a good day just to sit right here. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what you're supposed to do. You, are being, you have been called by God to serve. And it'd be a disappointment if you're not there. You've got to be there. Some of you think it's very important, so you wouldn't dare miss. I'm going to tell you something else about being enthusiastic and being sincere. Hey, fellowship time. You need to be here for the meals. Fellowship time. Sit with somebody you don't know. Say, hey, can I join you? You sure can. Who are you, by the way? <laughs> it's okay. And it's okay if they say, well, I've been a member here 20 years. I say, well, I'm sorry. You put on a different face. I didn't know you. You know, come back with something. <laughs> Child, they're a smart addict. Well, get somebody else and bring them over where they can meet the smart addict. Now, not everybody knows the smart addict. Be enthusiastic. Be sincere when it comes to serving the Lord. Look at verse 27 right quick. Labor not for the meat which perisheth. We do so much of that. But for the meat that endureth unto everlasting life. Share your testimony. What do you talk about at the table? Share your testimony. Be enthusiastic. Be sincere. Listen to this. <clears throat> Preparing for the rest of your life. <clears throat> Effectively, effectively working for God, work with expectation. Verse 29 says, Jesus said unto them, this is the work of God. That's what we're here for. We're not here on a vacation. This is not a motel. We are at a hospital. We're at war. People are being shot down every day as Christians because they don't do right. They don't act right. We've got to hang in there. We can't afford one step out of step. We were at Hilton Head. And uh, what is it, the Rose Bowl Parade? Am I saying that right? may not be, huh? Is that right? Big parade, Pasadena, isn't it? And I love the band. I, I, Lynn and I were in the high school bands, and I loved the bands, and I'd, I'd watch them when they, put the, when they put the camera on to see if they had lined up because I knew, hey, left. Left, get in step. You know, here you go, trying to get in step. I look for that. I want to be in step. Listen, people outside this place are watching us to see if we're in step or out of step with God. They're watching. They're watching the pastor, the youth pastor, the music director. They're watching the deacons and the deacons' wives. They're watching Sunday school teachers. And they're watching regular just lay people who come and go to see if they're out of step with the Lord. Like my uncle, that tag's expired. Put a mark on it. <laughs> he makes crosses. I'm not going to embarrass you, boy. I got mine down in there somewhere. I don't know where it is. There it is. He makes little crosses, too. And I'm thinking, one of these days, he's going he's to leave a note on your car saying, your tag's expired. <laughs> he's just that away. I talked to him this morning. I talked to him every morning at 8 o'clock, sharply at 8. Well, tell me about it, he'll say. 85 years old, still wants to lay brick and block. 
That's amazing to me. But he's so enthusiastic. Hey, he is enthusiastic, even about his church. He's sincere about his church. He's expecting something to happen at Friendship Church where I was called to preach and where Lynn and I got married. And this morning, they might, they might have 30 people. Lynn and I was there. They was running 125, 130 in Sunday school. And he says, I don't know, every Sunday, every Sunday, he'll say, I don't know what's going to happen in our church. I said, Uncle Deb, all you got to do is hang in there. All you got to do is be faithful. I read an article. It was from the um, seminary in Louisville, uh, being down in Louisiana, somewhere. Which, which way is that? Which one is that? New Orleans. It's like I can remember that. I went there just a little bit, not much, not enough to tell you did. And I got a, a, a magazine from them this week, and, and it's several articles in there about small congregations. I might need to get it and you boys read it. It interviewed pastors who were pastoring churches that run around 50 in worship or less. And it told that these caliber of churches, and we are one of them because it set up 250 or less in worship, we are what's keeping up the Southern Baptist Convention. We're the ones that's paying for our missionaries overseas. We're the ones that's giving to the Lottie Moon. It's the small outfits that's keeping them going. Now, I'm not saying there's no big outfits doing it, but it to- in, that, in those articles it said <clears throat> that the smaller congregations is what's keeping them up. Sad. It's sad. There is so many churches in our land today that claim to be Southern Baptists. If they would just give to the cooperative program like they're supposed to give, we could have our own jet airplane and pilots that could fly us overseas and here and there and not cost $3,000 a person to take an overseas trip. No, they won't give. They're building these massive, massive structures and buildings that look like BMW plant. I'm not afraid of the cross. I'm not ashamed of the cross. Are you? Hey, God sent his son to die on that cross. And my Jesus came off of that cross enthusiastic because he knew in a few days he would come alive again. He was sincere when he went to that cross. And he expected something to happen. Let me tell you something, preparing for the rest of our life and, need, and we need to know what's going on. I don't know what 215 is going to bring, but we need to do it with endurance. It's not easy serving the Lord. I'm talking every day. I'm not talking just Sunday. I'm talking every day, wherever we are, on the job, at our hangout places, wherever, living for Jesus. It takes endurance. I recently saw this, this little article about the, uh, the Navy SEALs. Uh, I don't believe in my toughest, toughest day I could have been a Navy SEAL. Some of you in here may be, I don't know. But one thing that really caught my eye, part of the training was where they tie their hands behind their back and tie their ankles together and throw them off in a pool over their head. Endurance. And this old boy, he said, I... I, had, I couldn't quit. I couldn't quit. My daddy didn't quit, so I can't quit. 
You say, well, my daddy never amounted to nothing. Don't make any difference. You are the one now. You're in the driver's seat now. I'm in the driver's seat now. I've got to endure. I've got to keep on going no matter what happens this year. I've got to claim and proclaim that the Lord Jesus has given me the, the sincereness, the, the enthusiasm, and the expectation and endurance. Let me give you a last thing. We're talking about uh, uh, getting ready uh, for the rest of our life and effectively working for God. I want to be effective. Last of all, we need to do it with enjoyment. I love what I do. I have a good time in what I do. I, I had a good time in, in Africa. You know, the old boy that uh, interpreted me, Scout, that's what we called him, Scout. He was just a squirt shorter than me. Not much, just a little. And bless his heart, he was so, such a humble guy. He would come on Sunday morning. He walked by our little house. And I said, good morning, Scout. Good morning, Pastor. <clears throat> I says, uh, we about ready? He said, I'll be right back. The car's out here. We get in the car. Such a humble guy. Humble in his driving. Hey, he'd get out of the way for any and everybody and let them go through. He didn't charge through there and say, hey, I'm driving. You better move. So easy. First two or three times of him interpreting, you know, you've got to learn. It, it takes, I don't know what it takes, but I know this. It takes something special to be able to preach under an interpreter and don't lose track of where you are. I mean, I'm saying this, and he's supposed to be saying that, and I'm thinking ahead, and I've got this ready to go, and he's ready to go, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and this first thing you know is like a dog running a rabbit. I mean, <laughs> you know, before he could even finish that interpreted sentence, I had another going, and he was right in behind me. I mean, that's enthusiasm to me. <laughs> that was the expectation because every Sunday I'd say, Scout, I said, are you going to interpret me down at the city church too? He said, yeah. I said, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. And sometime I'd say, Scout, what did you think about that sermon? I thought it was very good. I said, do you have a problem with me preaching in the city church? They need to hear it. It's Okay. Now, we're not country here. We're not city here. We're not divided here. We are people about the ministry of God in Westminster. Oh, hey, I just noticed this morning the new logo. You like that? Have you looked at How many of you have looked at that? Oh. Somebody said that's Volkswagen. No, it ain't. Ain't no Volkswagen M got no mountains on it, does it? Amen. Thank all and whoever had anything to do with that. That's enthusiasm. That's expecting. And sooner or later, hey, people are going to ask what happened. Why? Go tell them. We need to do all we can for the glory of God. I want to close by reading a couple of verses of Scripture. You can turn to it. The best thing to do is just write it down if you're right in Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now unto him who is able. Lord only knows how many times we trusted that to get us from where we were to where you are. One who is able to do exceedingly, and then he says abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Folks, we are on the brink of something good, so we've got to keep our enthusiasm up. 
We've got to keep everything going, he says, according to the power that worketh in us. Stop for a second in your brain. Quit thinking about where you're going to eat. Stop and think about this. Do you realize as a Christian, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, lives in your heart? That's awesome, ain't it? I mean, can you imagine choosing this to live in? Power. That's where we get the power from. It's not mine, I promise you. I don't have that kind of authority. I don't have that kind of power, but it's from him. Look at verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church. I love that. In the church. Now, I'm not going to skin my ignorance here, so don't, don't say he's wrong. Um, I used to know how, but I quit doing it, so I have forgotten how to diagram a sentence. But if I'm not wrong, in the church is a prepositional phrase, is it not? Hello, somebody help me, please. I'm in deep water here. In the church, in the church, say that with me. In the church. And it's not this building, y'all. I see two teachers carousing over here. I'll probably catch it after it's over. In the church. Not the building, but the one who lives in us. We are the church. And in a little bit, we're going to be scattered all over this community and county. We're the church. We're going to meet with other church people. We need to work together. Not just churches in our association, but every church in Oconee County this morning who the pastor, the preacher is proclaiming the word of God. We need to work together. We're not in competition. So he says, in the church, by, look at there, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world, without end. And I'm so glad he said amen, aren't you? You say, yeah, I thought you'd never get on. Some of you are sleepy. I'm sleepy. I, can, I might get a nap. I don't know where I will or not. I don't have to have one. I can't wait till tonight. Don't, don't, don't stay home now. Don't go home and take your temperature and say, I think I'm sick. Do I look sick? So, oh, you're about to burn up. Let me get some cold water. We didn't always have water to take a bath. <laughs> Thank goodness for bottles to catch water. Thank goodness for a little electric pot that would heat water. And I got to rebaptize land. Just take a whole bucket full and dump it on us. <laughs> Praise God, though, we had water. We had water. God's so good. He loves us. He loves you if you're lost this morning. Listen, He loves you. He laid his life down for you. What are you going to do for him? Today's the first Sunday. You can't get saved. You can't make a commitment for this coming year any quicker than this morning. I beg you, I challenge you this morning. If you're lost, pretend you're coming up here to pick up this sign, lost, and put it around your neck and pray the prayer and take it off and put on Christian. It happens in the church. In the church. Thank God for the church. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I can't do any more. I presented what you wanted me to present. I can't do any more. And Lord, I know that you can because you're greater than I am. And I pray that you'd speak to hearts right now. 
Whoever needs to come to this altar, God, they may say, they may come and say, I don't know why I'm coming, but God's impressed me to come. I pray for the lost that are in this room right now, God, that they make a commitment today. People are dying every day without you, and I pray that people would come this morning. Whatever decision needs to be made, just just touch hearts and lives right now, Lord. May your will be done, and we'll thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.